I'm looking for a man who calls himself Bucho. That's all. But you had to do it the hard way. I'll be back. Get away from her, you bitch! We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome back. This is Sequel Harder, podcast where we analyze good movies and their awful sequels. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Eric. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I am... Really excited to talk about this stuff. Uh, this week, we are talking about what is sometimes known as the Mexico Trilogy, or maybe the Mariachi Trilogy. Uh, it is uh, Robert Rodriguez's uh, sort of opening burst onto the scene of, of uh, movie making, uh, starting with El Mariachi, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Uh, what uh, What is your history with these movies? It's funny, I... I knew all three of these existed. I had no idea until probably maybe about ten years ago that they were all part of a trilogy. No, oh. I knew I knew them just as like individual movies. It's it's uh, I I didn't think I had seen any of them. And then it, when you go to film school, obviously, I'm sure you'll attest to this that it's like you, you always hear, oh, you have to watch El Mariachi, it's mm. the greatest low budget film ever, right? And so I watched it and I and I thought it was great, and then. I was like, okay, well, I'll follow this up and I'll watch the next one, uh, which is um, Desperado. And then I started watching it, and I was like, wait a minute, I've seen this on cable before. Mm. And and I, and I just it was one of those things that like I probably saw it sometime in the like later '90s, early 2000s on TV, and and just thought it was like a standalone movie. Right. I had no idea, had no, any connection to the the whole El Mariachi thing. Okay. And then so then I I, I actually had never seen Once Upon a Time in Mexico until uh, yesterday or two days ago. Okay. So that that was a, quite an eye-opener. <laughs> yeah. So to me, I was really excited to watch these movies again because I saw Desperado in the theater in whatever year it was, 95, and yeah, yeah. loved it. I mean, it just hit me. I was right out of college. Um, it hit me right where I was, you know, and uh, I saw it several times. Uh, got the belief, believe I had a VHS copy. Then sure. got the two two sided DVD of El Mariachi and Desperado, um, and then I was super. Oh, and then so of course, yeah, you know, I learned about El Mariachi and and how he made it for selling blood plasma or whatever. And uh, so I watched that and uh, thought it was pretty good. Well, I mean, great. Obviously, it's great for the amount of money. Oh, spent yeah, yeah, on. exactly. Um, and then, but I just kept rewatching Desperado, and I know that that movie inside and out. And then I was super excited for the third one to come out and then i saw that in the theater and then i didn't see it again until this morning <laughs> yeah. uh, so we'll we'll get to that but oh boy did you remember it being that bad or i remembered not liking it yeah th thinking it was bad uh 
I didn't remember it being that bad. Because <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, when, when I talked to you a couple days ago, you hadn't seen it, and you didn't seem that down on it. So I was like, I don't know if he's seen this yeah. yet. Or, or he just loves it somehow, and I have no idea why. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, I wasn't I was expecting it. I, I was expecting it to be sort of a, like a, like, oh, I'm such a, such a letdown from the second one. So I'm just... I'm going to hate on it, and then maybe it's really not as bad as it as all that. But no, it was much, much worse than I remembered it. Jeez. Uh, so, El Mariachi. Now, wait, 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 quick, quick, did you watch the uh, the English dubbed or the Spanish subtitled – Spanish with English subtitled version of El Mariachi? I watched the subtitled. Okay. I watched the dub one. Oh, interesting. I'll be curious to yeah, see how yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, although there, there was – I think I did have the English subtitles on at the same time and uh-huh. there was some like differences in like what they subtitled versus what they said. Just oh, minor, sure. minor things, like yeah, different, yeah. like different phrasings mm. or different, like you know. Yeah, they did. I, in fact, I, I I've been learning uh, Spanish, and so I I was picking up enough words that I could sometimes tell when it differed from the subtitles in in the movies. Yeah, yeah. But you know, they do that for space and time and oh, totally, simplicity yeah. and stuff. So okay, El Mariachi came out in 1992. Robert Rodriguez's. Uh, Big big thing. Um, of course, we know him from uh, from Dust Till Dawn, Spy Kids, Sin City, um, Machete, um, and he basically has the same three actors in all his movies, uh, except for Sin City. I don't think he uses Danny Trejo in that one. So famously, the budget was seven thousand uh, dollars. He. I remember I, I watched all of the little background stuff features on the DVDs, and you know he. he what, is it, got, what is it called? Like fifteen minute film school or something? Right, right. There's film. There's a little ten or fifteen minute film school, which were yeah. always kind of they were interesting because I watched them before I actually went to film school. Uh, so. Yeah. And he talked about how he. I guess there, there's like a you know where they do clinical testing uh, with drugs or, or whatever. He he did that for a month or something to to earn the money for this movie, um, and then <clears throat> went down to. So I guess he, you know he's Austin based, but he went down to this little town in the middle of Mexico to to shoot this because it's you know super cheap and <laughs> yeah yeah you can get all that. Pe- oh yeah, because they they were, they were weren't they using like uh, they were real guns with blanks. And just like everything, everything was like the cheapest way you could do it. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah. n- n- like anytime you do anything film related, it's always super expensive because it's like specialized. He just would find like the real way to do it, right? And like the, I yeah. think the prison guards yeah. were actual prison guards, or you know, I forget about that, but uh, yeah. He and just I, got I remember, all I think people. He, he didn't he use like uh, film ends, like leftover stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're, they, yeah, they'd have to shoot things sometimes in like two minute takes or like mm-hmm. thirty second takes or. Yeah, and what was it was something about the the sound recording. Was it the sound recording? And the film were not running at the exact same speed, so they'd get out of sync, which is why everything is so choppily cut. So because he had, he couldn't use long takes because oh, yeah. everything yeah, would yeah. get out of sync. Um, and he he shot he basically edited in camera for a lot of it. They would shoot a scene in in the sequence of the scene. Hmm. Uh, so, so, all right, give this. Now move around, get the other side, and you know, come back. Uh, just because I guess you save on film that way, or or editing time, or whatever it was. So the IMDb synopsis. Oh, so it, the budget was seven thousand. Do you want to guess on the on the domestic or world? I, I think that theater wise, it probably didn't do that well. It probably did like three hundred thousand or something. Well. 
Yeah, it's it's low for a movie, but it's it is two million, two point. Oh, okay, it's, okay. It's funny because the listing in, in in IMDb says two point zero four million for the U.S., two point zero four one million for the world. <laughs> it's yeah. like it went overseas and sold and sold maybe four copies or something. So, uh, a traveling mariachi is mistaken for a murderous criminal and must hide from a gang bent on killing him. The first character we're introduced to is Azul, uh, who is the gangster, uh, drug guy or whatever, but he's currently in prison, but he's running his whole operation from prison. He's got a, one of those gigantic cell phones with a big, you know, shoulder case. Um, you know, I know that, that was the thing that made me realize how dated this was, was the technology, oh, especially, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's one thing it's in Mexico. So obviously it's not like the most high, high tech, but it's like, I was like, oh my God, that phone is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gets a call from uh, this guy, Moko, who I gather they were like partners or they, they did some crime stuff together. And uh, Azul got caught and went to jail and Moko kept his half of the money. Azul wants his money, but Moko doesn't want to give it up. So he sends some goons in there to take him it's out. Ch- he says it's cheaper to assassinate him right. than it is to pay him out. Right. Now, the scene in, in the scene where they try to kill him in the jail is, is interesting because he, hear, he hears or sees that the, the guy's coming and then he like just goes over to the storage closet and pulls out a bunch of assault rifles yeah. and uh, hands them around to his guys. And like none of the jail doors are locked and I know. Yeah. The, the guards are just like hiding. Well, I, I think the guards are all paid off as just sort of a front. Yeah, he, yeah. He's like he's like hiding out in a prison. Is is that like that's such thing. What's he what is he that was my question. What is he doing? This? Clearly he just leaves when he wants to leave. Um is yeah, he like I, th- I think it's like some sort of front uh, that he just sort of like He's paid them off, and he just hangs out in there. Obviously, no one's going to come looking for him because he's in prison, right? So it's like you can do all the you can leave, do all the crime you. I, this is what I assume: you can leave, do all yeah. the crime you want, and then just go back to prison. And then they're like, "Oh, he's in prison." Yeah, I yeah. I guess I assumed at first. I thought it was he. He was actually sentenced to prison, uh, but he bribed the guards to get whatever he wanted in there. Um, but then when he left, it's like, well, yeah, what. Uh, yeah, What's, you're what was stopping right. him before? Exactly. But I guess what did he take the money from some of those guys, and then then he was able to pay that that guard off that that female guard. I don't know. I don't know. I forget where he picked up the money because it's probably one of those things where it's like it's was intended to be explained or obvious, but it was like missed somehow in editing or yeah. It's it reminds me. Um, I knew a guy who got put in jail in Mexico once for just for like. He was, he was, he was, you know, it was the 60s. He was a bum. He was living on the beach in Mexico and, you know, smoking dope and whatever. And they got thrown in jail. And he's like, you know, you can get the best weed in a Mexican prison. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, that's, that's not the place you want to go for that. Yeah. They're notoriously loose. So Moko or uh, Azul kills these guys and, and leaves. And oh, he, he calls up Moko and says, hey, look, you know, this is the sound of uh, me killing your dudes and I'm going to come after you. Moko is interesting. Uh, as I was watching, oh, so that actor was apparently in the uh, clinical trial place with Rodriguez, hmm. and he's like, "Oh, this guy is super crazy. I'm going to put him in my movie." <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, and I was watching him, and I was thinking, if they remade this today, or maybe ten years ago, he'd be played by James Spader. Oh, just <laughs> looked a lot like like a Mexican yeah. James Spader. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I know what you mean. Right. And so the thing about Azul is that he always dresses in black and he carries around a guitar case full of guns. Uh, And then, so introducing our hero, El Mariachi, who never gets a name, although 
in the second film, when he meets up with Bucho at the end, and spoiler alert, they're brothers, uh, Bucho calls him Menito. Now, I don't know if that's his name or if it's just like a pet name or, or yeah, term yeah. of affection or something. Because they make a big deal about the mariachi never having a name in these movies. And <laughs> the funny part about that is almost nobody gets a name in these movies. Yeah. Most true. of the characters are named like Mustache or Shrug or whatever the actor's <laughs> name is. Yeah. Uh, it's so yeah. When nobody has a name, the fact that you don't have a name is not really. That. Well, I also find it kind of funny that his his entire like this his whole entire persona and style is basically stolen from Azul, like for all three films. Right. Like because that, that's what Azul was known for was being the man in black who carries a guitar case full of guns. Yeah. And so it's like this his this entire like cool, especially in the second and third movie when it becomes. Um, Antonio Banderas right it's like okay well your entire style is basically just stolen from this low level gangster <laughs> yeah but you know it looks good on Antonio <laughs> no I know so right so he gets out he leaves the jail meets up with his buddies gets the guitar case full of guns and he's gonna come after Moco Moco puts out word to kill the guy in black with the guitar case because apparently nobody but Moco's ever seen him so nobody can tell if, who he is uh, so enter our mariachi character who uh, he's hiking his way into town. He's hitchhiking, but no, he's picking him up. Um, and he's he's got a voiceover narration going on about how he, you know, his dad and his grandfather were mariachis, and he's looking for work. Yada yada yada. He comes into this little tiny town, and uh, he goes to the various bars and tries to get work. Uh, he goes to the hotel, gets a hotel room, and well, well, he's uh, when he goes and checks into the hotel, the uh, hotel guy had already heard about Azul, and so he thought he was Azul. He calls Moko. They send the guys over. We had our first action sequence. And it is it is kind of neat. So uh, this girl I was dating out, out after college, you know, we watched Desperado, and then I showed her this one, and she liked this one better because she thought the, the mariachi character was so much sweeter as a character. He's like a nice yeah. guy, you know. It's also kind of goofy. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, El Mariachi is a lot like a, the tone is so much lighter. I mean, yeah, yeah there's there's obviously violence and but it's like but as a character, he's just sort of like this goofy like guitar playing guy that stumbles into this. At, yeah, like, it's kind of like a Jackie Chan character. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so the goofy sense of humor, which is funny. Um, I guess the first time we see it is uh, he goes to try and get work in the bar and the bartender's like why would i pay for a mariachi when i've got a full band right here and and his guy from who's sleeping in the corner come pulls out the big keyboard hits the button and you get this cheesy you know sampled electronic music going on and that's all yeah. the film's all sped up and it makes it look very silly uh there's a lot of speeding up of film in this in this movie so uh mariachi gets chased around uh there's some cool stunts where he's like uh, jumping on buses and jumping around stairs and stuff like that it is kind of funny in this movie how they couldn't really hit him like shooting wise yeah well i mean yeah what do you what do you expect you want this movie to be over so, with in 10 minutes oh i know well, but that's I know. The thing. I, actually I, I think most of it was believable except for that one time where he runs between them and they turn and shoot each other that was Fuck yes. stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, like, you know I, I that, can believe that. Yeah, yeah, Rodriguez wanted... Right, that's the most egregious one in this movie. But So there's a little bit of it in this movie, and then in the third movie, it's atrocious. Like, nobody can shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So so he, he gets chased out of the hotel, and then he gets however far away, and he realizes he left his guitar back there. So he comes back in, 
And the hotel guy sees him and like runs out to the street and yells to to for the other guys to come back as well. I like the hotel guy. That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. The uh, so the, then he goes over to the, this other bar, which is run by Domino, who's our our fourth major character. Uh, she she uh, Moko wants her to be with him so he has basically given her gifts over the time and then eventually gave her the bar he gave her the motorcycle uh he wants her to ride the motorcycle when she to out to his compound when she's ready to be with him and she doesn't want to but you know she likes having a bar so she lets mariachi stay there in her apartment upstairs and uh she uh oh so she comes up and he's taking a bath and she that, that just that was just a weird like like especially the placement the bath is just like in the middle of the living room it was quite a weird uh, layout for an apartment. It's all like yeah. an open plan with the bed on one side, the bath in the middle. Yeah, it, the, the bathtub's like like ten feet from a bar. It right. makes no sense. Like yeah. an upstairs private bar. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she threatens him with a knife, which to me looked like more of a letter letter opener. But uh, uh, she says that's what it is. Oh, she does. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. They didn't. I don't think they said that in the. Oh, in the, in the English, yeah. English one, I think that the, she's yeah. like, like so she oh, kept it's calling. Just letter opener. Oh, interesting. She kept calling it a knife in this one. So she she's heard about because I guess uh, either Azul. I oh, know it was uh, Moko's dude mustache came in and told her about Azul. She thinks it might be the mariachi, so she threatens him, and makes him play a, a song. It's it's kind of cute how he's, he's trying to flirt with her while she's got a a, a knife to his genitals. Yeah, <laughs> and he sings for her. Yeah. So she finally, she decides to let him stay there and play at the bar, and he'll just play for tips. Over this time, every time he lays down on a bed, he's had, he has these weird dreams. And it's kind of annoying, because the dreams don't really mean anything, right? No. It's and just, they're obviously, they're shot in like some weird alleys of like Mexico. It's just like, it, it's not like they were ever, I, to me, they didn't seem like they were very well planned out. Like, right. I, I feel like he was just sort of like there and shot some like abstract footage and just turned it into dream sequences. Yeah. They don't have any, you know, effect on the plot or whatever. There's like that one, there's like a door in a door frame with no house around it. And it's like, that's, yeah, like that, kind that's of what I'm talking cool about. Image. It's like, yeah. Exactly. It's like almost like as an artist, he was just sort of like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'll just get a shot of the camera going towards that and going through that burned down door. It's like, yeah. Adding to the mix up, um, Mariachi goes out to, I forget where he's going to go uh, to do, but uh, Azul comes in with his guitar case and leaves with the wrong one. So then Moko's guys are chasing after the mariachi, and Azul sees them, and then he's chuckling because they're going after the wrong guy. But then he realizes he has the wrong case and has to come back and get it. Oh, and so they take the mariachi to Moko, who's like, hey, this is not the guy. And then they just, like, dump him off somewhere. I know. They, they like, knock him out, and then they put him in the back of a truck, which is the worst way to take someone somewhere, because if they just wake up, they'll just jump out of the truck and run away. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, and then literally Mogo's like, oh, that's not him. Send him back. Oh, that was the thing, yes, because he kept finding these convenient, when he was being chased, he kept finding these convenient pickup trucks to jump in the back of and hide, but then he does it to the wrong one, which is, like, Moko's guy. Yeah. And he knocks him out. Which is very weird that, like, uh, in all these movies, they're they're just, like, killing people left and right for no apparent reason, and it gets worse and worse yeah. for each movie. Yeah. But it's like, you, like... So, so okay. So obviously, the Moko's guys find the wrong guy. It's like, just then, why don't they just get rid of him? It's like, it's almost like take him back to where you found him and release him. It's like, yeah. it's like the, the, the kindest they've ever been in the entire movie is to like just like, oh, <laughs> our our mistake. Right. We'll, we'll take you back. And I mean, obviously, he's unconscious, but it's I just the whole thing just didn't make sense. You think they'd just be like, oh, throw him out of the gate and send him on his way? Yeah, exactly. Or just kill him. 
Yeah, so, that's, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. right. So uh, we're rolling into the into the climax here. Azul goes back to the bar and takes Domino to Moko. Uh, he's going to threaten to kill her, but he's like he's faking it. He tells her to, to play along. For some reason, oh yeah, because she thinks she heard that uh, Moko had taken the mariachi and she was concerned about it, and she asks him, "Hey, you know, where's the mariachi?" And and so Moko freaks out because he realizes that she's interested in him and not Moko. So he shoots her and Azul. And that's when uh, Mariachi shows up with the motorcycle and guns. Oh, or maybe he doesn't have the guns at this point. Yeah, I don't think he has a gun. Yeah. He, yeah. So he sees uh, Domino's dead. And he stands up with his with his hands up, and Moko just shoots him in the hand. But he grabs a gun. And, and this is one of those weird things. Like, Moko's standing there, surrounded by a dozen of his guys. They've all got guns pointed at Mariachi. Mariachi picks up a gun from, like, Azul's dead body or whatever. Points it at Moko, and his dudes just like spread out. It, it's almost it's almost like that scene in the Fifth Element where like you, you know that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while though. Well, uh, when uh, it's like on that like cruise ship, yeah, that space cruise ship or whatever, when they're like, if you take out the leader, the other guys will stop fighting. Yeah, and it's, just, <laughs> it's just sort of like he shoots Moko, and the other guys are like, oh, oh, you got him, like, yeah, and they kind of just stop. <laughs> Yeah. I think he shoots. Does he shoot at some of them? But it's like no, he I just shoots Moko, and then yeah. they're they, they come in like they they look down at Moko like, well, all right, I guess mustache that's, is that's in charge now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they all hated him. I don't know, but it seems like a weird time to turn. I mean, they could have been with Azul. Well, especially since the the second the guy in the second movie is a way bigger ass. Yeah, but I love that guy. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, the so, actor, not the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So. uh... Yeah, that's it. Motor, uh, Mariachi takes the case of guns and the dog and the motorcycle and heads to Akuna. Yeah, what um, happened to that dog? Yeah, right? Um, it's just, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that happens between the movies that never gets explained. And you then know, there's it, a lot it, of, like, backstory in the movies that, like, how long was this between movies that all that stuff happened? <laughs> all that stuff, and he becomes, like, some proficient, like, like killer. And, and, and all of a sudden he's got this, like... Uh, you know, mystique to him that everybody knows about right. the man with the guitar. It's like across many villages. And yeah, we'll, we'll get to that because it's, it, it was really, it's almost, I don't know, it's really weird. The second one, it's almost like an Evil Dead thing where the second one is I, I was just going to say same. that. Yes. Where, where it's, yeah. yeah, it's but it's it's not, but it is. It's yeah. like, it's almost like an attempt to make, to, to like, oh, well, let's, let's fix all the problems and make it better, but let's make it a, a sequel to it, really. Right. <laughs> and it, you know, I realize it's it was shot on a on an extreme budget. There's a lot of just weird, shaky, handheld stuff going on, and like dolly moves that you knew they were just using a, a shopping cart or something. Um, the film, well, that, grain, like, and you said, and you said like the speed ramps, like yeah. where like uh, yeah, the film to, like, grain was crazy though. You know, I don't know what the what kind of film they were shooting on, but it was just like grain out the wazoo. Well, I'm sure they bought like just random. Like, oh yeah, like rolls, right. rolls film of film stock. that yeah. nothing like yeah. They're shooting like you know nighttime on daytime stuff, <laughs> right? Oh, so in the beginning when he's coming into the town, there's a coconut stand. And oh gets, yeah, yeah. The he free gets coconut. Yeah, and you're right. He gets free coconut, and I'm like, and then there's a there's a voiceover line about it later. It's like, oh, the the free coconut outside of town, you know, is a good good omen for me here. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you just forgot to shoot him paying for the coconut. And had to come up with a line to fix it later because just what kind of business model is that giving away free coconuts? <laughs> you thought this out too deeply. Oh, yeah. 
I thought I thought I remembered him putting money down, but I guess yeah, you're right. I think he just yeah. walks up, takes it, walks away. Yep. It's like, oh, welcome to our village. Have a free coconut. <laughs> exactly. And apparently, it, yeah, I guess it, it's the second one where the entire town is some sort of like drug front. Right. Yeah. Oh, the uh, the squibs in this movie are. If you're looking at them, they're kind of hilariously obvious. You know, you see these yeah. big bumps underneath clothing and stuff like that. But yeah, otherwise. The uh, for what it is, it's a, it's a really amazingly done movie. Um, there yeah. was some good action sequences. There was some, you know, I mean, there's some over the top acting, but there's also some okay acting. The, the the main character, the actor is really nice. You know, he plays he plays it well. The scene, the one of the scenes where he goes to Domino's bar, maybe it's both scenes where they're they're across the bar talking to each other. Mm-hmm. They could not schedule them on the same day, so they're. Headshots, their close-up shots were just oh, shot really? on different, I, on I different days. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, and then when he's in her bar, they're talking for like, you know, a couple of minutes. And she says a line and then you cut to the weird waiter guy sitting there. Oh, yeah. That glass. was so weird how he just came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where did he come from? It was almost like the, like halfway through they were like, oh, well, we need someone to watch the bar while she leaves or right. someone to interact with this guy while they're gone. So let's just let's just add a you know a waiter. And then he, I think he has one line later on, like telling Mariachi where she went or something. But uh, yeah, yeah. So what do you, uh, what do you give it? I, you know, I'm torn between. I, I think as just as a film, a seven. If I have to factor in that, it's probably one of. And okay, keep in mind, we both went to film school. I worked at a film school, so I've seen so many film shorts and like low budget things, and yeah, it's pretty good. It it's, is. Yeah, so it's I I think on that factor alone I have to take it up to an eight as just hmm. okay. as just as just to like it's probably one of the greatest like low budget things made. Yeah, um, where where just like the, and, I, and I mean by that like obviously like nowadays you can get really nice cameras for cheap and everything's polished and all that. I just mean like the story wise it was actually like entertaining and there and there wasn't anything that like stuck out to me that was like super super amateurish yeah no it was it was definitely pretty good um i i agree with all that i just on a purely subjective level i don't enjoy watching this movie as much as the other one does the next one like by a long shot uh so i give it a six. Ooh. all right yeah. then I'll, t- I'll keep mine at a seven then. okay just just so, just so that yeah. i'm not completely out of line so yeah, I mean it's good, but I don't you know. Uh, IMDb gives it a six point nine. Uh, what do you think about Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes seventy two percent, ninety three. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. The wow. Critics like the, uh, the young upstarts, <laughs> or the independent people. Yeah, that was the era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. This is this is the uh, Quentin Tarantino era. Well, that was the thing is back then they were they were digging into every barrel of like festivals and this and that trying to find the next hot thing. So it's like if, yeah. if that movie came out ten years earlier or five or ten years like later, it, it, there's no way it would have went where it did. Yeah, yeah. So, but since it did go big in festivals, he got noticed by Tarantino, who helped him get the next one made. Uh, Desperado came out in 1995. Uh, it had a budget of seven million. What do you think it made? And I don't have a worldwide uh, number, just a U.S. number. Okay, just just U.S. Uh, I'm gonna go with 45 million. Okay, it's that's in the ballpark. 25 million. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, fine. which is a good return on investment. Um, I remember in one of and, his, uh, and this and this and this is Rodriguez's second film. His first like. Or is, did he do something? Uh, let me see. I'm assuming as soon as he got money and he was like, I'm going to make what I made before. Right. Uh, yeah. 
That was it. Uh, Mariachi, Desperado, Dust Till Dawn. Oh, wait, that's producing. Uh, well, he did some TV in between. Oh, well, I don't count that. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, made $25 million in the U.S. Uh, IMDb says a gunslinger is embroiled in a war with a local drug runner. Yeah, so, like we're saying, this is sort of a sequel to the first one, although it's basically the same movie. Um, we open with Steve Buscemi, whose character's name is Buscemi. <laughs> so creative. Yeah, he goes into a bar, and this is, I mean, it's crazy, this opening scene. It's just very, I mean, it's very Tarantino. It's very uh, indulgent, but I'd kind of love it, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's but, but ask yourself this: is it is it if you take out Buscemi and and Cheech, is it is it still entertaining, or is it just no. like hilarious, hilarious that it's their interaction? It is, and it's you know that it's it's Steve Buscemi is playing this character that he's like you know he's he's telling this overblown story to make everybody you know shit their pants and kind of. Feel him out to see if this is a, a, a place run by Bucho. And it's the, the dialogue. I'm sure, I am sure Tarantino had a hand in the dialogue of the scene. Oh, if, no. If totally, not the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Because it has that sort of super stylized, but yet awkward and stilted. And, yeah. you know, kind of feels like Uma Thurman's lines from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, just know? just Buscemi's performance. Like, you could tell that it's it's the same cadence of speech as, like, Pulp Fiction and, like... Yeah. Like, unnecessary words, long right, and right. drawn out, like... Like, without hint or preview, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I was visiting a bar there, not unlike this one. They served beer, not quite as good as this, but close. And I saw something you wouldn't believe. I'm sitting there, see? Small table all by myself. Now, this bar... is full of real lowlifes. I mean... Not like this place here. No, I mean bad. Like they were up to no good. Know what I'm saying? <clears throat> anyway, I'm all by myself. I like it that way. Meanwhile, things are going on. Under the table kinds of things. Not too obvious, but not too secret either. So, I'm sitting there. And in walks the Biggest Mexican I have ever seen. Big as shit. Just walks right in like he owns a place. Now, nobody knew quite what to make of him. Or quite what to think. But there he was. And in he walked. It's dark, too. I don't mean dark-skinned. Now, this was different. It was as if he was always walking in a shadow. I mean, every step he took towards the light, just when you thought his face was about to be revealed, it wasn't. It was as if the lights dimmed just for him. So, but, you know, it's just great. And the mu- it starts off with great music, and the music is fantastic through this whole thing. So, the bartender, played by Cheech Marin, Marin? I don't know. Uh, yeah. He's funny. He's. I think that his toothpick is its own character. <laughs> yeah, when he, when he spits it <laughs> he at spits him, that was great. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, the, the li- his lines in this one, you know... Pashemi asked for a cleaner glass. Can I get a cleaner mug? This one's dirty. Fuck you, man. It's the cleanest one I got. And he just pours the rest of his beer into another glass. <laughs> um, the, the the sound design in this is fantastic. Um, just for its obnoxious in-your-faceness. Steve tells the story of the mariachi going into some other bar up the up the way and and taking everybody out 
and uh, you know, he says he was the biggest Mexican he's ever seen, and he's telling a story as if he was just a bystander. And you know, it turns out the story is well, story is is a uh, pumped up and and bullshitty, but it you know, it's probably based on something true that he did go into a bar and take out everybody. Mm-hmm. This time, the mariachi is played by Antonio Banderas, of course. Um, his deal is, I guess, so. And of course, all right. I love this movie so much, but like after the first watch, none of it makes any sense. No, of course not. Right. Once you stick. So, okay, he's out for revenge. But he already killed the guy who shot his hand and killed yeah, his girlfriend. Yeah, okay, that's, that's the first thing in this movie that confused me where I was like, okay, is, th- is this a remake? And are we, is like, did they just change Moko's name? Like, I don't understand what's going on. Right. Like, yeah, because he was like, I'm not for revenge. And it's like, okay, well, you got it. You killed the guy. <laughs> right. But now it's revenge against the whole drug syndicate. Yeah. In all of Mexico or something, you know. And like like you said earlier, he's spent however long it's been, which doesn't seem like it's been too long, but now he's this expert fighter, killer. And he does some amazing stuff in this movie. I love I love the, his style in this movie. And he, he just, he looks so cool. His outfit, the way he moves, the way he dives and jumps. It's all just so, I don't know, it's perfect. Did you see that uh, the music playing is uh, is actually Banderas? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, he was adamant that he'd be the one to perform that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I guess, and then so he's looking for a guy who calls himself Butro. And we are to understand that Butro was Moko's boss or maybe further up the chain. I don't know. Yeah, wh- why does Butro get blamed for this uh, when when Moko did everything? Exactly. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. And even the relationship between uh, Buscemi and Mariachi. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like they've had some like decade-long friendship. Yeah. That you're, it, there's yeah. this one line where Buscemi goes, yeah, I do feel some responsibility for you. And you're like, what's that story? Yeah. Tell me that yeah. story. <laughs> Never comes back to it. Of course not. So Bucho, uh, oh, what's the actor's name? He's great. Oh, Joaquin de Almeida. Almeida, I guess. Yeah. He's fantastic. He was great on 24 as well. And, uh, oh, God, his right-hand man is called Right Hand. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. It's oh, Yeah, I think it's kind of funny. You probably can figure out what things were written by Robert Rodriguez and which were written by Brent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I remember in the making of this, the uh, De Almeida and Gomez, they wanted their characters to be very closely bonded and have a really good relationship so basically after shooting every day they'd go out and party all night so they'd come in the next day with almost no sleep you know hung over and have to like do a bunch of makeup and like ice packs on their eyes so they didn't have baggy eyes and oh, stuff geez. like that <laughs> so yeah so after Buscemi has the his little storyline we have the opening credits which is a great little sequence of i mean it's ridiculous uh the mariachi and his two buddies are playing in a bar and it, i suppose this is a flashback or a dream or something and some dude gets rough with a girl and a knife or something, and uh, Antonio walks walks across the bar, still playing, cracks the guy with the neck of his guitar, and then continues back to uh, to finish the song. And then when the song ends, uh, all you see is Moko from the first movie and, and his mustache guy uh, giving him a slow clap. Which, like, if you don't know what this is going on, you're like, who, all right, who's that guy? And then I guess we get the flashback to shooting of Domino, which they got the actress back, which was cool. Anyway, Bucho is the drug lord of this area, and he's he's got his own little compound of stuff. His uh, henchman's nephew wants to be in on the gang, so he has him fight this Christos guy. And it's like this just an, an excuse to have a fight scene. He, and, and he ends up – I love it because <laughs> – 
Christos breaks the kid's na- uh, ankle, and then the kid, you know, pulls basically a karate kid and jumps up and does a, a one one footed uh, jumping kick and breaks Christos' neck. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like, well, you just lost your best fighter, <laughs> and now you have a kid with a broken yeah. leg. Great. So much for Christos. Hey, don't... yeah, 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 yeah. And him? Well, cast that leg up and welcome to the family. I, yeah, that, that that whole scene made no sense. No, it looked great. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's almost like you want to see this guy's skills, and he's like, "Oh, well, you need to fight the toughest guy." Yeah, and then yeah, and then he just ends up with this like broken. And then did you see they like put a cast on his leg, and all it was they put like a, like a splint on it or something? Right. It's like that's not gonna work. Like, no, that was a compound and fracture, he's, and he's walking <laughs> on it like oh yeah. man. Oh, and Danny Trejo is in this movie. Oh, uh, does he have a character name? Uh, Navajas. So he shows up and he's mysterious. Uh, he, I guess he, he gets a ride into town and then he, he doesn't say anything. Does he ever? No, he never says anything. Uh, he dials a payphone with a knife, which I thought was a great little tidbit. Yeah. And oh, so Bucho's hearing about the mysterious mariachi hanging around town. So he sends his goons to find him and take him out. They, th- they come upon Danny Trejo and see him. They have a big fight scene. Which is pretty good. Um, oh, cause that, well, I think is that right after Danny Trejo killed Steve Buscemi? Anyway, no, I, think, I think that was before. He, he doesn't kill him until a little bit later on. I think. No, no, it is. Well, so yeah, so but later on, he he comes upon Buscemi and and Mariachi. He hits them both with knives. Buscemi dies. Mariachi gets oh, yeah, away. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then as he's getting away, the limo pulls up from Bucho. And there's this great scene of, like, everyone ducking out of the sunroof and the windows trying to shoot at Chandra Trejo, and he's climbing all over the car. Oh, um, that, yeah. Okay, that, yeah. That's ridiculous. If you if one of them can't, <laughs> like, they, yeah. they they hold for so long before trying to shoot him. And then, like, yeah. Okay, I think the worst of it is when he stands on the top of the car with this open sunroof, and he's just throwing down these. Like, there's the distance that he's at is probably like five feet. There's no way you could get a knife, like, to go through oh. into somebody, yeah. like, at that short of a distance. You don't have, like, the speed, like, the momentum to, to Plus, like, build I mean, up. And, it's yeah. very easy to hit somebody with a gun at that distance. Yeah. <laughs> I could do it. Yeah, so they, they take, they kill, they end up killing him, taking him back, and, and, uh, he turns out to be the what the Colombians, I guess, had sent him to keep an eye on Bucho. So yeah. they, now they've killed the Colum- and th- this whole side thing with the Colombians. I'm not even sure what it's supposed to be about, but Bucho's feeling pressure from the Colombians or something. Oh, the girl complaining about the service in the bar. Oh yeah, yeah the white girl. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Our waiter. Where is he? Don't tell me he's still in the bathroom. Our waiter never came back to see if we wanted anything else. We did. He never brought us our check either. We wanted our check. We've been waiting for our check so we could get the hell out of here. Here. This should be sufficient. And don't be expecting a tip either. If you don't treat me good, I'm not going to ask you out. And your beer tastes like piss. We know! Because we piss in it. That's not all. <laughs> bad beer, bad service. <laughs> Don't people know not to come in here? <laughs> it's a pointless little scene, but I, it's hilarious. I feel like that's, that's probably what, just like friends from like college or something that he just oh, threw yeah. in there. Oh, yeah, you think? Maybe. 
I don't know. It just seemed yeah. like it. Like I felt like the, a lot of like the, just like the random white tourists were probably like friends of his or something. Right. And then as she's complaining, the uh, the the um, Tito as well. The actor's name is Tito. He's he's like he kind of glances down at the gun. And she just oh, gives it a little yeah. head shake. Like, no, no, what are you doing? <laughs> gives them like the, should I shoot them and just shut yeah, them yeah. up? Like, yeah. And then we have um, probably for me the worst part of this movie is the oh, Quentin Tarantino. I knew you. I knew you were going to say yeah. that. As I I had forgot about that, and then when he showed up, I was like, oh shit, this movie's ruined. I, yeah. I I was so glad that he's only in this movie for like all of what like eight minutes or something, ten something minutes, something like that. Yeah. Oh God. I, I just, I can't, whoever has told him that he can act is just, oh my God, ha, ha, has just, you know, done a disservice to the entire audience of, of America. Yeah. He, he's terrible. Now the joke he tells is kind of funny. And I like the, the little, how he drags out the dick glass, dick glass, dick glass. He's thinking about the glass. He's thinking about the glass, dick glass. He's thinking about the glass, glass. He's thinking about his dick, dick glass, dick glass, dick glass, be the glass, dick glass, dick glass, dick glass. And then he lets it rip that was okay but oh my yeah, he's he's the worst yeah uh, he, he always needs to have some story that he tells right. that's like yeah, yeah. long and drawn like you know same with pulp fiction and i, I think I, with pulp fiction wasn't he he was supposed to play the drug dealer that eric stoltz played oh and really? they, they, they talked him out of it and they talked him into doing like a small <laughs> a shorter smaller role yeah so he's a drug i guess buyer um he or yeah, they did such a poor job explaining Career, what he, yeah. Something. This, this was just him shoehorned in the movie. Yeah, so while he's in the back getting the uh, the drugs, which I love, you got to go through the real disgusting toilet to get to the back room. I know, yeah. Um there there are some good yeah, there are some good like small touches in in these movies, they're just stuff like that. Yeah. Uh so while he's back there, uh El Mariachi shows up and they've been warned of course about him with the gun case, guitar case full of guns. And they do. This is kind of a clever reveal. Is that they they tell him to put the case down and open it up, and the guy's like, "Oh, okay, it's a guitar." But then, as they're standing there, this facade of the guitar lifts up, and there's there's a bunch of guns underneath. You think they would just shake the thing, and you'd hear just like <laughs> no, nothing's in there packed tightly. Like, no, yeah. if you just shook it, it would just rattle around. <laughs> yep, probably. I mean, he's got, probably like, he's go got like, grenades and stuff in there, right? Like, yeah. And the other thing is. The little facade of the guitar rises up by itself about five seconds after you open the case. I'm like, that seems counterproductive. Yeah, yeah. You don't want it to come up unless you want it to come up. Well, unless so, you're in a scenario where you want it to come up faster and it's not coming up and then you get shot and killed. Yeah. So, fortunately, he has little guns in those launchers in his sleeves, which is always a cool gag. Then why, why are you carrying around this guitar uh, case? I know. Just- right. Because he hardly uses anything in the case except for extra ammo. Uh, maybe a grenade? I forget. But, I think, uh, yeah. think there's like a one grenade later on. Right. So he proceeds to shoot everybody in the bar. And uh, he's about to try and get information out of Cheech. And then dude from the back room comes out and shoots. And uh, Antonio ducks, ducks to the side and, and uh, Cheech gets it in the face. Um, so then they have this little bit where they're both out of ammo. Or they shoot at each other for a while. And then they're both out of ammo. And they keep like grabbing other guns from the floor. And they both click and they're out of ammo until... He just gets sick of it and breaks his neck. This is a great, like, this is probably one of the best action sequences in these movies. Yeah. You've got Antonio's style as he's running around the bar, diving behind things, walking on the bar. He's, like, doing that bit where you're, like, throwing a bullet around a corner, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, like, swinging the gun. He just looks so great in this. It's really good. Someone's got a crush. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, boy. Yeah. Man crush, totally. <laughs> yeah. He just looks so great running around <laughs> 
There's something about his style and the way he moves in this movie that I just love. It's, it's great. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. It's almost it's almost sort of like a Christopher Walken dance esque kind of like yeah. way about carrying yourself that he has. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and in the uh, <clears throat> making of in the ten minute film school or whatever it is, like half of the guys in this when they get shot or thrown around as some sort of stunt, it's the same two stuntmen all over and over and over. Yeah, again. Yeah, I, I did hear about that. Yeah, it's just the same same two guys. Yeah. So. Uh, Maybe it's after this that he meets up with. Um, yeah, I think he leaves yeah. there. Oh no! Then, he, oh right, he leaves and uh, Tito comes after him. Yeah, and, and he, uh, he shoots at him, and they uh, he runs into Salma Hayek, and then she brings she brings him in and and uh, takes the bullet out and stuff like that. So Salma Hayek is playing Carolina. She has a bookstore slash cafe, and again, like Domino from the first movie, Bucho gave it to her, and he wants her to be with him, but she doesn't. Basically, she allows him to use the back room in the store to handle drug deals and stuff like that and she yeah, gets the, the whole that. town's on the fix where it's like everybody's yeah. getting paid off in one way or another to like either shelter the drug dealers or do transfers or yeah and if you think i had a man crush on antonio but i mean sama hayek oof. oh yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> yes it, uh, it, she is she is just breathtaking and captivating in this oh yeah so, oh yeah, now we have a love scene. It's a very, it almost feels out of place in this movie, you know, because it's just very it does, uh, yeah. soft focus and slow fades and, you know, soft Lots music. of cross dissolves over each other. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But then it's neat because he contract you cut right from that to Bucho getting, you know, one of his harem is like riding him and she's got chaps on or something. And, Which and he's, was so weird. Which, yeah. like... She like I don't understand the logistics of that sex scene. It's it shows so much, and yet you can tell that it's completely fake. Yeah, and he's completely disinterested as well. And he ends up blowing cigar smoke in her face. And uh, oh, so then he looks down at his his ashtray is a guitar shape, and that oh, so that <laughs> reminds him, him. Yeah. he when he because he went to the bookstore to ask Carolina if she'd seen anybody. And Antonio was hiding behind the bar, so I think he saw the guitar case or the guitar that she had bought for him. Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so he sees his ashtray. He's like, "Hey, wait a second. Why is there a guitar there?" So then he calls up his dudes to go take out the bookstore cafe. That scene where he's where he's hiding behind that, that's a great where he's like trying to oh. slowly cock the gun quietly. I know, like, I love it. And he's that. like struggling and he's like, it's almost like he's telling the gun to be quiet. Yeah, yeah, like, he's taking these little short breaths. Yeah. And he's like scolding it when it's loud and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the little the little expressions on his face. Yeah, that's that's a, that's probably, yeah, that's one. Like like I said, these movies have like little touches to them that, that are gold. Mm -hmm. Like even in the third one, there's still random little things that are interesting. Yeah, oh, and so the cinematography, I, I, I hadn't watched this movie probably since film school and I didn't realize how good the cinematography was in this movie. It yeah. is a gorgeous film. Like every scene looks great. And then even in the dark with the close-ups, you can tell, you can see all the detail in people's faces. It just looks it looks amazing. And that's one of the things clearly wasn't enough money for Guillermo Navarro in the first movie. Um, yeah. and in the third movie, uh, Rodriguez did the cinematography himself. Oh, right. Or at least it said he operated camera. I don't know if he did the lighting or what, but it shows. That movie is not terrible looking. It's 
fine, but it's nowhere near the look of this movie. I mean, yeah. this guy, Navarro, did um, the Hellboy movies. Um, what else? I wrote it down here. Oh, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, okay, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's a... Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. Wow, jeez. Yeah. Oh, he did... He was... <laughs> oh, I guess... Oh, yeah, that makes sense. For the, the four rooms, he was the... Oh, sure. For Robert Rodriguez's section, The Misbehaviors. Yeah. Which, of course, has Antonio in it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh, that's. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That was good. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He was the director for. Director photography for Spawn. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, now that I think about it, all these, they they do look really. Like, they've got a lot of, like, very, like, classically lit night scenes. Mm hmm. Yeah, all the Del Toro stuff looks good. Yeah. So, so Bucho's men come and set fire to the to the bookstore cafe. And I love that scene. He's like, "Make it look like an accident. It's a bookstore. Burn it down." Yeah. <laughs> and then you find out later on that that's where all her, all her money is stored. What a terrible place to store your money in the books. That was a bad idea. I mean, even if nobody reads, if someone comes in and opens a book, I mean, come on. Yeah. Someone buys a book and then she's like, "Oh shit, there was two thousand dollars in there." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, how much money can you... Unless, unless you cut a hole in the page like people do with the guns or whatever. Yeah. Uh, how do you... I mean, if you put one bill between each page, it's just going to get really thick really fast. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that it probably was just like a small collection of books that had money in them. Yeah. Right. So then these guys come to attack them in the morning and, and it's... I mean, it's... Again, it's ridiculous, but it's a great scene where she's... Her back is to the windows. She's sitting on the bed singing a song with her eyes closed and uh, he wakes up and sees the silhouettes of the guys outside who are coming to kill him and he kind of tracks two of them with a gun in each hand and then they kind of get both behind Selma so he's actually pointing both guns at her which she doesn't know yet because she's got her eyes closed and he just flat out kicks her in the chest to knock her down so he can shoot the two dudes behind her (laughs) like what are you doing here Uh, so they, they manage to shoot their way out of the bookstore they get at the top. They do this great, you know, jump across the alleyway under the roof of the other building, which, again, just like just looks really great. Um, and then they see Bucho down in the street, and uh, Antonio sees him, got his gun pointed at him, but he doesn't shoot. And she's like, why the hell didn't you shoot, man? And we'll find out later that he's his brother. Oops, spoiler. You, you, ru- you ruined the whole thing. <laughs> Stop right here. Yeah. So now uh, she's like, well, what are you going to do? We got to go get him. He's like, all right. I don't want to call Campo and Kino, but I will. So he's got these two buddies who were the other mariachis with him in the opening credits. Uh, but, you know, and, and this is another one of the things like, oh, they'll they'll burn this place to the ground. I don't want to call them. They're crazy. No, they're just two other guys with guns and guitar cases. It's not. Yeah, like, I know. They, they were. They caused less trouble than he does. Right. So, Although, is it, isn't one of those guys the original uh, mariachi? Yes. Yeah. Which is nice that he had a part in this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, still, but, can, yeah. but can you be like, God damn it, I should have been in his... <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure to this day he's like, I'm the original mariachi. Like, right. Yeah, so they... Uh, and, and, and Okay, so this is another good fight scene, but it also doesn't make any sense, right? They they kind of wait at the, I don't know, town center, crossroads somewhere. <laughs> yeah. the, the bad guys show they all, up. They all huddle together. <laughs> yeah. Like, the bad guys show like, up. There's and, like a rocket and, launcher in one of them. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, one of them's got like a, a Tommy gun inside of it or a Vulcan gun or something, and the other one's a rocket launcher. 
I just don't understand how the rocket launcher works. It's like... No. Because he, he launches like six rockets. You're like, there's no way that fits in there. And it's just like, the way he cocks it, he just like tips the neck up and then like... Yeah, he just kind of jostles it and it, and it, and it you know, puts the next one in. I want to see inside that case. I want to see right? what it looks like. Oh, and then forget about the ones in the third movie. Jesus. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, the bad guys show up, they jump out of their cars, and they run around to different spots to, to get angles on them, and, you know, big fight, it's a lot of fun, great music, uh, but all for naught, because it doesn't matter, because, you know, who cares? So he, he uh, oh, and both of the guys, Kampo and Kino, die. I know, what a, what a waste. Everybody dies in this movie, all his friends die. Right. So he and Selma go out to Bucho's compound because I don't know how they found it. Well, doesn't she know where it is? Oh, that's right. She knows where it is, right? Yeah. So they walk in the compound and, of course, there's like, you know, two dozen people pointing guns at him. And he has a little conversation with his, and like, oh, you're my brother. I thought you were the devil and all this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a great, at the end, you know, uh, Antonio says, I have learned to read the eyes of many men. And what do you read in mine? Defeat, brother. Defeat. Look at you. You came here to kill me. Papa wouldn't be so proud of you anymore. You were his little guitarista, his little mariachi. And now, just a piece of shit like me. So then they're about to shoot him, and he does the, the trick with the guns up his sleeves, and we're supposed to believe that he shoots everybody with two guns that probably have about 10 bullets each and uh, uh, yeah once again the standoff is just anticlimactic but they cut it yeah. they just cut away from it they he starts shooting in slow motion and then he just cut to being in the hospital yeah i mean this is this is this is the beginning phase of uh the whole fantasy that uh that robert rodriguez and tarantino live in yeah it was it was really kind of disappointing to not see that climactic fight scene they just kind of skip past it Oh, and then there's been this uh, running th- bit where um, as he leaves Salma, he says, did I thank you? She says, no. He says, I will. And then uh, he does it again. <laughs> I, I, can, le- you, can you just do the rest of this episode? With, <laughs> I'll with just your, do the voice the whole your time. Antonio Banderas accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hello. Uh, I will. So then uh, he leaves her at the hospital, I guess, to just hitchhike to the next town. And then she drives by and comes she drives by, picks him up, and says, you're going to thank me right now, and then they drive off. Okay. And then he comes back. He, he gives up his guns, and then he comes back and gets them. Right. That thing should have blown up when he threw it in the street. Uh, <laughs> it's armored to the teeth. and just, Yeah, like, right. And I love the fact that in this one and the probably in the next one, I don't remember if it was in the case or not, but there's that sort of crotch gun thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes a – which one does he make a big point out of it? At? The second one, yeah, yeah. Where he, he offers it to somebody. Well, she right. She says, "What's that?" Right. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Oh, you, you don't want to know." But they actually end up using it in From Dust Till Dawn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's another Buscemi line that doesn't make any sense. He goes, "Just remember, Bucho is the one you want. He's got plenty of underlings, but without them, he's as good as dead. So save your bullets." Wait, what? <laughs> he's he's calling out the uh, the terribleness of the first movies. <laughs> I get, but like, <laughs> so are you saying? Bucho is the one you want, but if you kill all his underlings, then he's as good as dead. What, what is that? I don't. Just should, okay, okay. Again, this is we we can tell when Robert Rodriguez writes something, <laughs> and we can tell when yes. Tarantino writes it, like Robert Rodriguez puts like the least like thought 
like thought process into like dialogue or names or like yeah. it's all it's all just to like move things forward. On the other hand, Tarantino spends way too much time on the dialogue and like less on like where the story's going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, how how do we uh What's the fastest way we can get to the next next action sequence? <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, it, with a dialogue that sounds like vaguely it could mean something. Uh, yeah, it's it's like surface level deep. Yeah, and, and Tarantino's not that much deeper. It just seems like he. <laughs> well, yeah, it, but that's the thing is he he tries to pretend like it is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so that's that movie. Uh, there's a good <laughs> the sign outside of the bar says members and non-members only <laughs> which I thought was a good bit oh and by the way notice I haven't mentioned the little kid because fuck that guy <laughs> oh the guitar kid oh yep. yeah that whole that whole thing was stupid yeah I hated that he was terrible he's like oh teach me how to play and then they just spend so long like sitting there strumming the guitar and then he catches back up with the kid later and learns the kids drilling drugs and he, and that's, right. that's, how, that's how my father doesn't have to work. And you're just sort of like, like, what does this have to do with anything? Like, you spent <laughs> yeah. way too much time on this kid, and it, it's not going anywhere. There's, and there's a kid in the third one, too. I know. I think, was there a kid in the first one? I think there was. God, fuck Rodriguez and his kids and his kid movies. Yeah. Anyway, what do you what do you rate this one? Oh, I forgot, I forgot about the whole spy kid thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, this one, I, I'd, I'd, I'd give this one a six. I know you, you'll probably go higher, won't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you're gonna give this like a seven, aren't you? I'm giving this one a nine. You, you shut the fuck up and get out of here. <laughs> I enjoyed watching <laughs> this, this last night so much. I know it's not a nine objectively, but subjectively, I loved watching this last night. You just, gave, you just gave a, me an, you gave me an objective score of the first one, and now you're no, giving me this no, 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 no. I would objectively, I would have given the first one a better movie because of the challenges. I gave it a subjective score because oh, I'm I just guess not right. that yeah. into watching it. Right? Yeah, yeah. I I almost gave this a ten, but for Tarantino. All right, go. We're we're going back. I'm giving the first one an eight, and I'm giving this one a six. Uh, okay. you know, uh, I'll give it a seven. I'll give it a seven. I'll go. I'll go eight. Eight on, seven. On, yeah, eight and seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I realize it's a little controversial, but God damn it, I love this movie. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, okay, I'll give you. I'll give you the cinematography is very good. I'll give you. It's just for me. It was just too long. I don't know how many times in this movie I had to stop and be like, and just hit the pause button and be like, is, oh, this, really? is this still going? Like, <laughs> like how much closer? Because it's just too many scenes of just sort of like one-off little fights that I felt like I was like, okay, like we got we got to be wrapping up and getting to the bad guy pretty soon. <laughs> nope. And the, and the whole guitar kid thing, and I was just sort of like, yep. this is dragging on and on, and then and then we get to like like the guitar scene with like the three guys and the, and the guitar cases, and I was just sort of like, that went on for so long. Like you could have you could have ended that in like five <laughs> minutes. It goes on for like sixteen minutes or something. Yeah, but that music was awesome. Oh no, I agree with you. But it's it, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I only need to see a a, a good like a rocket propelled grenade come out of a guitar case maybe two or three times <laughs> before i'm like okay that was kind of cool but then that's like now now it's just excessive yeah fair enough 
It's just it's like there's a wave of people coming from one direction, and they uh-huh. each take turns like strafing him with his machine gun guitar <laughs> right. case, and then the guy right. fires a rocket, and then all of a sudden like people show up behind him and they spin around and they do the same thing over again, and then it's like <laughs> someone comes up behind them again, so they spin around, they do it. Again. I'm just like, oh come on, like all the while like Banderas is just like jumping around doing things, like shooting people up on like <laughs> yeah, building yeah, yeah. Tops. Them off the buildings, <laughs> yeah, they're landing like, on cars, crushing the other guy who's already in the car you know like what is going on with this scene <laughs> yeah but other than that i mean it's like it's it's a fun movie to watch i just think it's too I, th- I think the scenes are too drawn out yeah some of them are i'll give you that and you're over here giving it a fucking nine are you oh, god damn it, i love mind. this movie <laughs> <laughs> i did it i just i, I, I went I, back through all the movies and i was it's, like it's it's your choice you know, yeah yeah anyway uh rotten tomatoes it, uh, I'm going to go – are, are you going to give me the Rotten Tomatoes or you want oh, me to give it to you? Go ahead and guess. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 75. 63. Okay. You know, actually, I was going to say 67, but then yeah. I was like, I was like yeah. oh, maybe they liked it more. No. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it lost 30 points off of the first <laughs> oh. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and IMDb gave it a 7.2. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. IMDb's been what, agreeing with you so the, far. What was the budget? Yeah, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, so, well, so the budget was seven million, and that's it, what I thought. It yeah, yeah. Got twenty five million. That's not I remember he was yet. saying, yeah, in his thing on the DVD that with the first movie he took seven thousand dollars and made it look like a million dollar movie, and with this one he got seven million, and made it look like a hundred million dollar movie. It's like that's that's his thing is is whatever budget you give him, he can make it look better than that. Which okay. I guess is I guess we'll never know because now he just gets big budgets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is he? What has he done or doing recently? Oh, the Sin City movies. Well, the yeah. first one. Did Frank Miller direct the second one, or did I, I think Rodriguez? he did? I yeah. No, I think I think Frank Miller yeah. did the second one. Yeah, uh, Sin City, Grindhouse, Planet Terror, of course, Spy Kids four. Oh, he wait, no, he did do the second one. Did he? Yeah, uh, Frank Miller consulted on those, and I think the one I think Frank Miller directed the. Uh, what was it? That other one, the Shadow or the Phantom or the, the dumb old comic strip from the thirties? Oh, are you kidding me? There's a there's a Machete kills in space. Oh, I did hear that. Oh, that's right. He oh well, he did direct the uh, Alita, the Battle. Oh Angel yeah, movie. right. That looks weird. I, I thought I thought James Cameron was directing. I knew that was a James Cameron thing. Oh. That's that's that movie is apparently what he developed. That's okay. People always are like talk about like the the, the ridiculous plain simple story to um, Avatar, and that, yep. and and that I think I remember hearing that, that that was the point of it was that like that movie was really just a test of the technology for what he wanted to make this Alita movie. Hmm. It was sort of like well, let's just make it on something. Let's let, let's test it on something I don't really care about. Uh, this whole like you know photorealistic 3D like, character generation character and generation stuff scenery and, yeah. and it was all leading up to this like Alita movie now they're making what it like five avatars or something oh who cares <laughs> that, that was the worst I hated that movie so much but let's let's talk about anything we can except for the next desperate uh, mariachi movie <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that's uh, I know can we just can we just pretend oh that's all they made like that's we're done. Yep. Yeah, it's it's like the prequel. It's the Star Wars prequels of the Desperado movies. Oh, it's worse than that. Oh, you're right. Okay, anyway, if I had to, wa- if I, if you had to watch, uh, I'll I'll say Episode Two or Once Upon a Time in Mexico again. What would you have to watch? 
Oh, yeah, clearly. Episode two. Yeah, exactly. And I haven't seen that since the theater. One of these days, you're going to have to break down and watch those again. I, I, I still <laughs> think you'll hate them, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you can't have a boycott that goes on for that long. Uh, I feel like it's a point of pride at this point. I know, but that's just one of those like, <laughs> that's just one of those like hold your nose pride thing. Yeah, maybe. The, uh, I listened to the Star Wars Minute podcast and they recently got through all the prequels and I thought, well, I didn't force myself to watch these movies even for this podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> unlikely I'll ever watch them again. So Once Upon a Time in Mexico came out in 2003, budget of 29 million. So Jesus. yeah. Yeah. For, 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 like, that type of movie, you do not need $29 million. No, it all went to the damn cast, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's a star-studded cast of people yeah. that did terrible jobs in, in the, their <laughs> characters. Yeah. Well, they, we're not given much to work with. So, budget $21 million, it grossed... What do you think? Ooh, I'm going to say $32 million. It actually made 56 Not oh. quite double. And then 98 worldwide. That all had to be on the first weekend. Because holy crap, this is a stinker. Yeah. IMDB says, Hitman El Mariachi becomes involved in international espionage involving a psychotic CIA agent and a corrupt Mexican general. Uh, well, that's that's all you need to say right there. Um, all right, I didn't even write down. Let me, when, let me when, do when it. You've got a movie that's got, it, when you've got a movie that's got CIA, FBI... The Mexican police, the cartels, it's just, it's too much shit going on. It's way too much shit. I mean, we thought Spider-Man 3 was bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, so in addition to Antonio and Sama in this one, we have Johnny Depp, Mickey Rourke, Ava Mendez, Danny Trejo, Enrique Iglesias, who is not a good actor, by the way. No. Um, Cheech as a different character, Ruben Blades, William Defoe. Willem Defoe. I thought he was, I thought Cheech was the same character. I don't think so because in the Desperado, he got shot in the middle of the forehead, not the eye. Oh, uh, well. Now they I, could have they could have been retconning a little bit, so I'll give you that. Does he have a name in the Once Upon a Time? Oh, uh, yeah, Bellini. Oh well, that's, and I, I doubt prob- that's probably in the in in I'm sure yeah, his name in Desperado is Short Bartender. <laughs> well, that's not a name. <laughs> you, you never yeah. know. And then and then you got fucking yeah, you got Danny Trejo again. It's like who is he playing in this? Like I don't understand. Right. Uh, oh, and Tito Lariva again, who was in Desperado as Taba. He's a cab driver with funny glasses in this one. So, okay. Did you, did you mention Mexican William Defoe? <laughs> or Willem Defoe? Yeah, that was interesting. Willem Defoe as a, I guess he's the head of the cartel. Yeah. Uh, with a bad mustache, a tie, you know, a... a- and a tan job, and and, I, and I'm fine being like, okay, like he's he's living he's he's living in Mexico, and he's the the cartel leader or something. He speaks Spanish the entire time. I was yep. like, oh, wait, are you really trying to make him just like like Mexican Willem Dafoe? Like I don't understand. <laughs> like he, he doesn't he doesn't even speak English to people who speak English. Like, right. I just, like <laughs> Yeah, that oh, they did that too with the kid in this one. Johnny Depp and the kid. The kid kept speaking Spanish to Johnny Depp, which, fine, Johnny Depp understands Spanish. He lives in Mexico. But he kept speaking English to the kid, and I'm like, the kid's five. Yeah. He's pretty sure he, if he could speak English, he would be speaking English. Oh, he's older than five. That kid's like... Oh, whatever. Eight ten. or nine, yeah. All right. Either, it was just weird. It's like it's almost like uh, uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca talking back and forth to each other. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But at least I get that. Chewbacca can't speak. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you can yeah. understand, but it, yeah, this is completely different. Like, if that kid, like, if that kid can understand what he's saying, then he would just speak it back to him. Exactly. Right. So I 
don't want to get into what happens in this movie because I couldn't tell you what happens in this movie. Depp is trying to he's a CIA stop agent. a coup. He's yeah. a CIA agent. He's trying to stop a coup from, I guess... Killing the Mexican president. They're trying to kill the Mexican president, but it, it's not Willem Dafoe. It's the general guy, right, that's trying to take Oh, I over. forgot about that. There's like the rebel army. Oh, yeah. with oh the, so yeah. here's the thing. Right. So there's this general guy, and... He's got a history with Antonio Banderas because he killed Salma Hayek and their daughter. It took me so long to figure out that that, was, that those flashbacks were real. Right? I kept being like, what, yeah. what, is this another dream? Like, what's going on? And so, uh, yeah. So you would think in a movie with this many stars that the main villain would be somebody famous. No. 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 <laughs> what the fuck? There's, there's a Willem Dafoe body double... There's which was um, that was that William Defoe? No, I don't think so. I think they just found a guy that looked a lot like him. <sighs> I couldn't tell if they were like doing that gag where it's like, oh no, it's yeah. him and uh, Johnny Depp. And I'm not using any act, any character names because nobody has character names. Fuck them. They don't even tell you what their names are. So no. Johnny Depp wants to hire Antonio to kill the general after he's killed the president. So Johnny Depp is okay with the president getting killed. He just doesn't want the general taking over, I think. Yeah, it seemed like that. Um, and in the and then Johnny Depp has a different disguise on every time we see him. He's got this fake arm trick where he can, like, have a fake arm on the table but hold a gun under the table. Uh, Danny Trejo works for him, but then he doesn't at some point. Ruben Blades is a retired FBI agent living there, and he gets involved. Um, oh, in one of the flashback scenes with Salma Hayek, the, with the chain, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they wake up in bed, and it takes them a good 30 seconds to realize they're connected, their hands are connected by this long, heavy chain. What's going on? So, and then, so somebody snuck in, chained them together without them waking up, and then snuck back out, waited till they wake up, and then started shooting at him from across the street. <laughs> Just so they could have this, uh action sequence where they're dangling by each other and like swinging around the side of the building it and then the, sometime later when you see them getting married they've still got the chain on yeah and then they, they cut it off during the wedding ceremony i don't know what rodriguez is thinking i'm like what is he doing yeah oh and the fight scenes now granted they've always been well at least since desperado they've been kind of ridiculous like in the you know he'll shoot somebody with his the sawed off shotgun and they'll fly across the room but it kind of feels right in the momentum of the scene in that movie in this movie like there'll be a guy on the floor Antonio will shoot him from a standing position and then he'll just slide all the way across the floor yeah you know, it's like what what is the physics you're doing here? Every every action scene in this one made no sense, physics-wise or any other way. Do you think that Tarantino had nothing to do with this movie? And that's what uh, makes it... Yeah, I think that's, that's probably it. And that's what it. makes it even crazier. Not to mention... Yeah. I, I, okay, I get the sense that Robert Rodriguez is a lot like Kevin Smith, and we've talked about this before. The bigger budget you give them, the less creative they are. and the, Or the yeah. less... The, the less, the less constrained they have to be so they have to be like it like creatively like like using ingenuity to figure out like how to get around certain things and making it work versus just right. like paying for whatever their crazy mind comes up with yeah no i think that's absolutely true i mean it's an old adage right the uh, limitations uh, you know breed creativity but some people especially if they've got a couple of movies under their belt and you give them a bigger budget they do a better job yeah this is not the case here Nope. Um, so Defoe hires this body double, and then 
what he plans to do with him is cut both of their faces off, then in a, in a plastic surgery hospital, then leave the body double on the table dead so that people will think Defoe is dead. But it doesn't work because the guy's fingers are too small and the rings all slip off. And Reuben Blades is like, oh, this is not really William Defoe. Like, if you're going to go through all the trouble of getting a body double, setting up the – like, have the mystery play out a little longer. Yeah, I know. That, they, they, he solved that one too fast. Yeah. It's like 10 seconds in. And and you were talking earlier about the, the sort of the uh, over-the-top gross violence and stuff. Okay, guy's lying on the table with no face, and he's all just muscle and blood. Johnny Depp gets his eyes pulled out by a guy's apparently got a little thing that's designed just to pull out eyes. I don't know. Um, and he's got blood running down his face the rest of the thing. Uh, oh, I, I know. Just, it's, yeah, that oh, – <sighs> Yeah. And so, okay, so back to Willem Dafoe. If you wanted, I think, I think, but I don't know, that the goal was to fake his death, right? Yeah, I think so. Make people think he was dead. Okay, just get the guy, the body double, and kill him and, you know, mash up his face to make him un unidentifiable. Done. You don't have I to know. cut your own face off. <laughs> what, well, what? I, think, I, think, I think he's going to have plastic surgery to look different. All right, well, that can wait. <laughs> I don't know. It just, well, if you're, I, I, yeah. It's uh, it's two for the price of one, man. If you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna <sighs> have uh, doctors do some work, you might as well have them mess up the other guy's face and and then make it look like he died trying to get the plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a good plan. But then, why? What was the intention to have the whole hospital shot up afterwards? <laughs> right. I, I don't exactly. Like, well, I and ha when when the guys are running into the hospital shooting everybody up, I'm like, I don't even know whose guys these are. Oh yeah, or, that's or, that's the problem with is there's too many factions against each other that you're yeah. like I like uh, yeah there was so many times in this movie where I was like who's against who and why does totally. that person want that one dead and especially at the end with the big fight it's like you've got clearly uh, you've got like army you've got other guys that look like army so I don't know who's who right you've got people in random day of the dead masks shooting people yeah there's that one woman who's like that older woman who's got like a machine gun and you're like who's got the bandolier on? on yeah oh my god yeah no idea and at some point again antonio calls on his two mariachi friends and they bring their guitar cases and one of them has a flamethrower this time two different mariachi friends like where, two, where does he find right. and get these people yeah yeah one of them is enrique iglesias flamethrower and then the other one is like a remote control car with a bomb in it so he opens it up sets oh, the bomb yeah, yeah. closes oh, it yeah. and then uses a remote control to drive it under somebody's car or tank or something oh, good well talk about a specialized use i mean now what are you gonna do your freaking weapon just blew up uh so it's a and so they, use, yeah yeah they decide to protect the president because i guess they got hired by johnny depp and then they were brought into this presidential function as mariachis and they met the president and like oh he seems like a good guy we're just actually going to protect him instead of what we were gonna do but they still take the money they still take the money which i love it like the, whoever was and i don't even know who was somebody was paying someone else to kill the president and the money was just piled on a table in the presidential building <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, like the the guy they're gonna go kill. They they bring the money and hide it under his building. I don't like. What is that? Yeah. Eva uh, Mendez is in this. She's some sort of federale or something. But then she's also Willem Dafoe's daughter. 
that's that's where they lost me so hard right there. Yeah. And she, I don't even know what she was trying to do. What was that scene where she's like in the police station and she's yeah. trying to get like all the assign? Like you're like, okay, she's trying to be some like hard nosed cop and and they're they're putting her down for being a woman, but then oh no wait, she's actually on the take because she's Willem Dafoe's yeah. daughter. Like that led nowhere. It, yeah, it was such a MacGuffin. Oh, and she's no. also like sort of dating Johnny Depp until she takes his eyes out. Like I just. <sighs> Most I, I, I want to see the three hour of this movie where they explain <laughs> everything. <laughs> I don't, but I just I want oh, I want I want I want Robert Rodriguez to explain what the hell he was thinking. Yeah, I want to strap him down and and hook electrodes up to his nipples and make him explain to me what this movie is. <laughs> Most of this movie is Johnny Depp and or Willem Dafoe explaining what's supposed to be going on rather yeah. than actually just have it happen. And I still don't understand what's going on. And Johnny Depp and that whole fucking like. Like, what is it? The pork meal. Right. What like, was that all about? Why does he go shoot that chef? I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I, I had, for the longest time in this movie, I had no idea he was CIA. Because I, I thought he was just some <laughs> hitman. Because he literally is like, my job is to make balance in Mexico. And this guy makes the greatest pork. Like, so I have to get rid of him. Like, what? Yeah. And then he just, like, goes in the back and shoots this chef on the way out. He was basically just... Murdering people left and right for no reason. It was almost like they cast Johnny Depp, and he's like, "Cool, cool. You don't have to tell me who this guy is. I'm just going to make shit up. <laughs> like, I'm just, right. just going to create like a cre- like a crazy character, and then we're just going to work this in." Yeah. So Willem Dafoe and Ava Mendes take out his eyes and then let him go. Yeah. For, because he's seen too much. I don't. I don't understand what the whole deal was there. So he goes out. He finds the little kid, pays him to to you know guide him around. And then all of a sudden, he's fucking Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Listening for, like, any... Like, he waits for them to step so he can shoot them in the foot. And then yeah. when they scream, he knows where their face is, so he shoots them in the face. Yeah. So if we thought the first two movies were bad at, you know, bad guys not being able to shoot straight, this was insane. You can't, like, hit, a, you can't hit a blind guy, like, 30 feet right. from you? Well, for, first of all, the people would not fire when they could. Right, the guy was just standing there. He yeah. could have shot him at any time. He waits and waits and waits, and then when he finally does shoot, he misses him at point blank range and gets shot in the head. We haven't even talked about Mickey Rourke. Like, oh shit, I forgot about Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the most worthless character. He's like he's Willem Dafoe's like right hand man, who's also some like American who's hiding out in Mexico because he's wanted by the FBI. And so, as soon as the ex-FBI agent shows him a badge, he's like, oh, thank God you found me. I'm ready to go home. Like, he doesn't even care he's going home to go be prosecuted and go to prison. He's just like, I've been hiding down here for the last ten years, and five of us just been miserable working for this guy. And, and he just turns himself in. And, yep. then, and then the whole thing where he reveals to, the, to uh, Willem Dafoe that he's turned, and he just stands there with that fucking dog, and then he gets shot. Because you're an idiot who just revealed that you betrayed the guy you were working with, and you're just standing there. Yeah. And the whole bit about the putting the microphone on the dog collar was went nowhere. So so he's always got his yeah, dog with wh- him. Be- wh- yeah. What what was he recording, and why did it matter? <laughs> we only heard him 
record like, one thing yeah. and it made no difference. Well, uh, first of all, it wasn't very incriminating. And B, so the point of putting it on the dog collar was that sometimes I guess he was saying that, or, you know, Ruben Blades asked him, does the, you know, do you hear anything? You know, are you close to what's his name? He's like, no, I'm not that close. And the Ruben Blades goes, what about the dog? Can the dog get close? Like, he never leaves the dog with Willem Dafoe. Yeah. So they put a, a, a mic on the dog. I think he's got the dog hidden under his jacket half the time where you're like... He just carries the dog. And first of all, I don't know what the like the transmission power on that mic that does no no transmission pack or battery. Yeah, yeah. But Ruben Blades is like across town and he's listening to it. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's, it's on like radio fuck? frequency. It's just you gotta tune yeah. into the... Yeah. 97.5. Just like. Did nobody read the script? No, there couldn't have been a script. It could not no. have been a script. No. It's, like I said, he just he got access to all these actors. It was just sort of like, let's create a character for you. You're going to play this guy, and your your motivation is this. And they just are like, let's yeah. figure out how it works into the scene. And uh, there's a dude that was working for the president, but then he betrayed him. And at some point, it cuts to him just puking in an alley, and they never explain that. Oh, yeah, I, I blocked that out. I don't even know what the hell that was. Right. Again, I can't get over. I can't get over this Johnny Depp where he's like eating the same type of pork meal every single time. Yeah, I would have. You know, I would have been. I would have thought it was kind of funny if every time he gets up from the pork meal, you hear a gunshot off screen. Yeah, that would have been at least a runner. You know. No, it was just literally no. him being like. He makes a point to be like, I order the same. This is my favorite meal they make. In Mexico, and I ordered to every single place I go. Yeah. And this is the best it's been. Yeah. Oh, the the dog tag, the name tag on the dog is Moco? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing, where I was like, okay, what the fuck is going... Like, there's too much... There's too much nonsense that he's put into this, where it's just everything... Everything bleeds together and makes no sense. Yeah. He's either not giving people names or recycling names and makes and like and and <laughs> right. actors and it makes yeah. no sense. Ava Mendez's character puts a silencer on a revolver. <laughs> I'm sure you could probably do that. I'm sure technically pretty you sure, probably could. Pr- pretty sure you can't. <laughs> ah. just, you can't. Doesn't work. It's uh, it's open the back of the back of the firing oh, mechanism yeah. is open. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I mean, I was just saying, in theory, you could, but it's like, uh, yeah, well, right. it wouldn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In addition to all that mess, the editing is really sloppy in this. You know, there's a lot of, like, just camera whip pans just inserted in random places to add excitement, I guess. There's a shot that, I don't know, it stuck out to me maybe because I took Sharif's editing classes that when they're at, uh, what were they, at a baseball game or something? Oh, no, they're at the bullfight. Oh yeah, I was, the I was like, what the hell? baseball. Yeah, baseball talking? game. What am I thinking? I just <laughs> no, I don't understand. But I was like, did I miss something? Yeah. So Johnny Depp is talking to somebody, and, uh, and then Danny Trejo pushes the thing that electrocutes the matador. Oh for yeah, some well, they, yeah. They, 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 the bull- they rigged it so that they could win the bet. I, I, yeah. Uh, but there's a shot where he, you know, we're, we're sort of a medium close on Johnny Depp. He says his line, and then right before they cut to Danny Trejo, you begin a little zoom. But there's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like a twelve frame zoom. It doesn't go anywhere. It's like cut those frames off. Come on, man. Bad editing. Bad editing. So anything else? No, I can't. I, I, uh, I, I, are, we, are we missing any famous actors that had were no reason they should have been in this movie? 
Uh, I think I li- let me let me go to the full cast list in case somebody didn't make it to the first page. We talked we talked about we talked about Mickey Rourke, Willem Dafoe, um, Ava Mendez. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna bother to put Selma Hayek partly in the movie, find a better way than some like jeez, like oh she had a daughter, and, and, and wait so, and the daughter was like seven when they were I, that's shot. What, that's that's why I was like, how much time has passed between? All these movies. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see anyone else uh, that I know in the cast list. So, yeah. There. Uh, how did how did you even try to score this one? Like, I went through and I was like, would I rather watch this or Beverly Hills Cop 3? Ooh. You know? I, I, I think, I think, yeah, I think Beverly Hills Cop 3 has to be the basis on, on like, yeah. how, how far does it, is it, how much better... That, I don't. I mean, because like, what what do we give that one? Like a three or something or four? I think that one's a two. I can't remember what I gave it, but it's yeah. It, it, the que- the question is how? <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> gave, we if, Oh, you gave it a three. I gave it a two. If it, if that's the bottom, how much better is this movie than that? Like, not a whole lot. I'd say. Uh, I go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four. Okay, I gave it a two. I'm gonna say none better than Beverly Hills Cop three. Yeah, fuck, you're right. This is. Uh... <laughs> Is it, oh god! I, is, it, is this my new bottom? Is this my new like? Yeah. Ah, uh, I'm gonna go two as well. All right. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. It's it's that terrible. You're you're actually right. I would rather watch Beverly Hills Cop three than this. Yeah. Because that's at least has some funny moments in it. This just just is nonsense. Yeah. This is probably the the worst plot of anything we've watched. I would have to agree. I I just actively was angry at this movie for how nonsensical <laughs> it was. <laughs> Okay, IMDb, for some crazy reason, gives it a 6.4. What do you think about Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, 42%. This one got higher than Desperado. Oh, God. 67%. Uh, I hate everything that much higher, but it's like, yeah. (laughs) That's how broken Rotten Tomatoes is as a a metric. He, Johnny Depp used that arm thing too many times for it to be like this big like plot point at the end where he shoots Ava Mendez with it. Right. Plus the fact that he's got to match the goddamn sleeve to whatever he's wearing. Yeah. And he, he, mm, he, <laughs> you can just tell how pissed off. I'm, I'm, I'm apoplectic here. <laughs> when, uh, when they cut his eyes out and he, and he, they dump him out, right. He has nothing on him except like his wallet or whatever. Where did he go find his arm with the appropriate sleeve so that he could make the do the thing? Plus, it the arm thing only works when he's sitting at a table. Otherwise, he can see the third arm. I don't know. This mm, movie whatever. just proves how like un like how non-creative Rod Rodriguez is in the sense yeah. that like there's two people with missing eyes in this movie. Right. It's like what? Why? Like, come up with something different. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we'll we'll make uh, Cheech's character this time. He's uh, he's uh, missing an eye in one, and we'll hide the drugs in the eye. And then, oh, what's going to happen to Johnny Depp? Uh, he's going to lose his eyes. It's it's sort of like, it's almost like he's got a bag of ideas that he just digs around and is like, uh, this character is going to have. Yeah. Like, and he and when he pulls an idea out, he throws it back in. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. It's like, what's this character's name? Uh, he'll be Moco. Okay. So there's been a moco in every single movie like okay well his name is uh is bucho like okay well he, that's the guy from the second one yeah but this yeah. is a different guy like uh, yeah so how do we can we fix this movie oh 
I, I, I even forgot about this <laughs> part of the show. <laughs> I, I didn't even give this two I, like two thoughts of like, oh. Yeah. Um, so what, you're, you're saying that you're fine, like nothing needs to change with Desperado? I think uh, I, get, I think, get rid of get rid of Tarantino and the kid. Get rid of Tarantino and the kid, and I think shave fifteen minutes off it. Yeah, that, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, this movie. Um, get rid of Johnny Depp. Yeah, I would say like it's too big in scope. Right, you're talking about a, a coup, a military coup of Mexico. Yeah. and cartel and the FBI and the CIA, and it's like the first two movies were small. It was like. Uh, you know, a mistaken identity or revenge, right? Against, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a little kind of weird, but whatever. And it's about, it takes place in one town and there's a clear bad guy and there's henchmen and there's a bunch of gunfights yeah. and a sexy girl. Great. Done. Right. Yeah. This one, like, yeah, like it's, this is like Spider-Man three on steroids. Oh yeah. There's just too many plot points that, that don't right. make any sense. So strip away almost everybody. You have Antonio. We need more Salma Hayek with no kid. Get rid of Johnny Depp. Get maybe who's who's in the cast that could stay that would make it interesting. I like Ruben Blades. I didn't like what they did with his character, but I like him as an actor. Um, maybe have Ruben Blades and Willem Dafoe. Yeah, well, just get get rid of get, yeah, get rid of Willem Dafoe. Get rid of the cartel situation. Just have the coup, and I don't even know. I just I don't I don't I think I think. Political coup stuff like that—that's way too big. Let's right, just fine, keep it. Fine, fine. Can, you know, get, rid of the, get rid of the coup. Just have the, the ha, have the cartel wants to get rid of the president. <sighs> just I don't like the whole president thing. Like, why is the government of of Mexico then, getting then involved? You're just, then you're just re- remaking Desperado. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, hey, it worked from the first to the second movie. That's right. Do it again for the second to yeah. the third movie. All right, all right. We can. So let's. If you want to retain anything, sure. Have the president there. Uh, and and the, right, cartel, the cartel. The cartel. Trump, kill yeah. him. He's a, he's a new. Because he's cracking down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's on the straight and narrow. He's going to crack yeah. down the cartels. Cartels wants him gone. I'm fine with the Rourke and the FBI thing. You could you you plan that out a little better. It's yeah. like, but just get rid of Johnny Depp and get rid of uh, get rid of Johnny Depp and the the um, cartel general. Oh, no, I'm sorry, the yeah. The, uh, the, yeah, the the coup, yeah. right? And then I guess you got to have a reason for Antonio to get involved, and this was because revenge for killing Salma Hayek. But I just I don't I want more of her in the movie, not less. <laughs> yeah, just uh, you know, well, okay, well that's the thing that I think that you could make this whole movie about that. Um, he needs to protect the president from the very get-go because the president's going to do his dream, which is getting rid of the cartels. Because that's, yeah. that's his whole thing is he, he wants to get, yeah, rid, that's of, true. He, he wants yeah, to get yeah. rid of all the cartels. Mm-hmm. And now that's like, oh, well, like, like he, you know, he's done his whole I'm retired thing. And they're like, oh, no, like this, this guy's the only person who's going to be able to stop these cartels, but they're going to come yeah. and get them and only you can stop them. Yeah. Oh, so being retired. So in the beginning of the movie, he's out and he's like making guitars or something. Yeah. And, and this other guy makes a guitar for him. This real old dude, and uh, who's Danny Trejo comes by and just blows the dude away. I know for God. for not telling him where uh, Antonio was. I'm like, you just shot an old guy, and like nobody's caring. Nobody does anything. They're just like, oh, there's so many right, of those scenes. There's, well, even in Desperado, there's so many of those scenes where it's just sort of like there's like this whole shootout in a bar. You think that somebody would be like, what is going on? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. It's like there's like the, the the college kids show up in the second movie and there's just like dead people strewn about the building and you think at oh, some right. point you think at some point a police <laughs> officer wouldn't show up and be like what the hell's going on in here like 
Yeah, clearly everyone's on the take. Yeah, well. All right. Anything else on the Mexico series? It's just uh, this. This we should have never watched this because there should never have been a third movie, and it should not qualify as a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. This was this was something else. I mean, I'm glad we watched. It, it was nice to yeah. watch the uh, Mariachi and then Desperado again. But this, oh, it's, it really, yeah, uh, it shakes me to the core to watch a <laughs> terrible movie like Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and then and then find out that he spent what 27 million dollars on it. Yeah. All right. With that, thank you for joining us on this episode. Uh, for more podcasts like this, check out everything over at neotest.com. You can find us at Sequel Harder on Facebook and Twitter. And our email is sequelharder at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you thought of these movies. And uh, we'll see you next time. Me gusta tomar mis copas, aguardientes lo mejor. También el tequila blanco con su sal de la sabor. Ay, 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 ay. Ay, ay, mi amor. Ay, mi amor. Oh,